Hi, everyone. It's Dr. Denise. This is the Embrace Your Neurostyle and Beyond series. And, you know, let's be real. I, I'm a total universe geek. When I get the opportunity to have these amazing guests, I'm already smiling. You know, you don't see my face, but you might feel my smile. So Susan Allen is here with us today. Susan, how are you? Hello, hello. So I really wanted to have Susan on the show for so many reasons, but I always think it's important to look at sort of the synchronicity, the timing when we meet people. And Susan, you reached out to me a couple of weeks ago. I have been watching you and I think you've been watching me or sensing me. I never got to ask you when you re- when you did reach out to me, how did you find me or how let's talk about that process. I think I saw you post something that I really liked and vibed with and then I just, you know, said this is great. Okay. So that's a, that's a good, so it was an intuitive hit. Like you had an an instant. Okay. And I've been feeling that way. So I'm going to give you guys a little bit of background about Susan, and then I want her to tell her story. So I don't want to tell too much. Um, Susan, you've worn many hats in this lifetime, right? (laughs) I think spirit gets you to that. So you have a lot to offer, you know, the people that you read for. I think that's what it's about. Like as much knowledge as you can get in different careers and different businesses. And then you really can help a lot of people that way. That's my feeling. Well, I'm going to read a quote that's on your site and then I'll ask you to tell your story. Okay. Sounds great. Mediumship healed me. It wasn't until I started meditating and trusting my intuition that I fully embraced my unique gifts to help others heal too. That is powerful. And true. (laughs) When I read it, I thought, oh my goodness, how exciting that I have you on the Embrace Your Neurostyle and Beyond series because it's a specific carve-out series and the concept of embracing your neurostyle is defined as we all process and perceive information in our own unique way. And in the earth realm, I'd like to discuss the fabulous five, biological, psychological, social, cultural, spiritual, and couple that with sixth sense intuition in the earth realm. The way I perceive and understand the universe, I always say I play the universe game, not just the earth game. And so the embrace your neurostyle and beyond is the and beyond what the human mind can imagine, the unseen energy, a deeper dive on intuition. So now I'm going to read your quote again, Susan's quote, mediumship healed me. It wasn't until I started meditating and trusting my intuition that I fully embraced, no coincidences there, my unique, no coincidence there, gifts to help others heal too. So, so, so can you take us number one, on your journey of your story, and then also hearing the definition of embrace your neurostyle and beyond, how that relates to who you are and how you help others. I would love that. Yeah. 
The weird thing is, is that when I was told to meditate, I was having a lot of anxiety and that's kind of like how the gifts come in. You know, I had panic disorder as a kid. I mean, my first panic attack was, I think, five. And I think it was because of so much information I was getting bombarded with. And the only way that I was able to heal that was when I finally got out of a loop of I felt like I was getting a download and I was having panic attacks, panic attacks. It was crazy. And I really, when I got kind of out of that, or I just wake up so early in the morning because I couldn't sleep and that is the best time to meditate. I started meditating, not with, oh, I'm intuitive. Oh, I have gifts. Like it wasn't like that, Denise. I wanted to control or feel better. I would say not control, but, you know, just feeling better was the key, like to feel like I could cope and carry on. And, you know, I had this kind of mother that would tell me she was watching me when I was little because I was probably talking to dead people from what my older brother says. Like he walked in on me when I was two and I was in the crib and I was laughing, giggling and smiling. And he said, Susie, who are you talking to? And I said, the beautiful lady. So I I don't have a lot of memories from the early, early childhood, but I can tell you that I was able to meditate early in the morning and I would drop in probably because I was really tired I would sort of drop in, you know, deeper and deeper to the point when I first started meditating, I put the um, kitchen oven timer on. (laughs) This is how long I've been meditating Um, because I didn't have a cell phone to use my timer. (laughs) And how did you know the concept of meditation at that age? Or did you look back and go, oh, I actually just was meditating, but didn't know it? Well, I had such bad anxiety. I remember in my 20s, I found out my mother was going to die. And it was like she was my lifeline, I think. She, she was kind of the kind of mom that made me incredibly dependent on her. So I felt like I couldn't do anything without her. And, you know, um, she took me to a psychiatrist because I was having mind-blowing panic attacks. And the psychiatrist just gave me meditation. I wouldn't, I was too scared to take meds because an anxiety ridden person is afraid to even drink a half a glass of water. If you know, you understand that kind of deep anxiety. So he, he said, you have to meditate. And it wasn't like until years later, like I got out of the anxiety loop, but it wasn't until years later that I just wanted to heal my brain and heal my life and heal my that part of my brain that had experienced a lot of trauma as a young girl. So I just started meditating without looking for anything. I just, and this is how I teach my mentees is like, don't look for anything, just do it, just do your meditation. And it wasn't a guided meditation. It was my own uh, inner voice saying the I am, I am love, I'm led, I'm joy, I'm hope, I'm happy, I'm healthy. I am wealthy, I am at peace, I am a divine child of the universe. And then I would repeat that with, I feel, I feel love, I feel love. I still do this meditation today. And then I polish it off with just two words. I'm love, well, two mantras, I'm love and I'm light, because I know my brain is too busy and I need something to say to it. And after a while, I'm just in another zone. I guess that's it. Did I answer the question? Sorry. 
No, absolutely. And when I'm listening very carefully, I'm wondering how old were you when that psychiatrist gave you that prescription for meditation? How old were you? I was literally 23. My mother passed away two years later. Okay. What's your mom's name? Terry. Terry. Hi, Terry. The way I understand the universe is we can call upon uh, the people we love, sentient beings, which is going to segue into the next, that unseen energy, the way I perceive the universe is that energy never goes away. So when people on my show talk about people of past, whether it's this series or others, I like to acknowledge that the, the concept of energy always being with us, and even if they're not in physical form, what that's like. So do you, does Terry come to you, talk to you? How does, does she show up in science for you? She, she doesn't show up as much as my dad, believe it or not. But I can tell you this, that six months after she passed away, I still wasn't heeding because it was something I always did. I'm, I'm consciously, I was always conditioned and connected to the other side. So when I, I did hear her voice scream loud, clear, audiently, get to the emergency room, she did save my life. I was an hour away from dying. I was bleeding internally from an ectopic pregnancy. I still didn't slow down. And that was like when I was 25. So she, you know, I feel like I owe her my life in many ways, but my main character and spirit that I connect with, believe it or not, is my dad. Like he helps bring a lot of people in, especially Alzheimer's people. He, I, I could see him in spirit throwing his arm around people and helping them communicate with me. Um, What's your so dad's name? Mike. 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 Okay. Hi, Mike. Okay. We've already in our 10 minutes, this is very important. I want to do a pause. So if someone's listening to this show for the first time, one thing that's important for Susan, for you to know, and anyone listening, that as an adult and child integrative psychiatrist who also practices my meditation, I'm an intuitive, I'm an empath, over the years as I became more awake and aware to my own unique gifts and then I started being a doctor for people who have children with high-level intuition, I wanted to take a scientific method approach like you can with anything. How do you get validation? And so one of my big passions for the Embrace Your Neurostyle and Beyond and the Fabulous Five, biological, psychological, social, cultural, spiritual, and sixth sense intuition, is that I want to just myth bust for everyone that, yes, I'm really fortunate I did my Western medicine training. I honor and respect science, but I was craving the desire to integrate all the different levels of sensory awareness and perception and giftedness that people have. And when they might be experiencing something that's unseen, otherworldly, and in the training I had back in, um, you know, the early nineties, it was not integrated into awareness, the quantum understanding of the universe. And in 2011, when I started treating people who were like uh, world renowned in the type of work you do, plus their children. And then also, I was having more awarenesses. I went on my own path of, I went and trained in remote viewing. And someone that's my dear friend said, You already have always seen endpoints. You've already been intuitive. And I went on my own scientific method, meets journey, meets humility, meets everything. 
so that when someone comes to see me, Susan, as a psychiatrist in the Western MD, people can go to my different sites, my Dr. Denise site and Ascension Media, and realize that I cover this and beyond. So now that you've unpacked an incredible start to the story that you were having some anxiety, you've always been connected to the unseen energy, I want to do a deeper dive with what you've already spoken about. When you were having panic symptoms, maybe you and I can kind of do a spirit meets academic meets universe geek. Discussion. Yeah, I just, I love what you said. And I, my hat's off to you. Cause like, as you know, Dr. Brian Weiss, who wrote that great book, many lives, many masters, you know, he veered off and, you know, because you have to, it's so much deeper than diagnosing, you know, probably a medium with schizophrenia instead of like really taking the time to teach them how to meditate, not to say that not all people are mediums, but a lot of people that have ultra, ultra empathic gifts and neuroses at a young age often get diagnosed with, you know, mental health conditions when it's just spirit and they're just highly intuitive and highly gifted. So thank you for that. Thank you. And I think what I'm going to do from a timing standpoint, because it's Mental Health Awareness Month in May, I will maybe drop this mid midweek, the first week in May, because I wanted to, now this is a very eloquent time and I want to go more into your body of work, but as a uh, doctor, or let's say you are an intuitive, practicing intuitive, or anyone, whether you're in sports, entrepreneurism, we all have access to our higher self, which is unseen energy. And so before I go into a patient assessment, I, of course, people are coming to me with the costume of the Western MD, but if they look at my site, they kind of get it like, oh, this is a doctor that wants to prescribe the least amount of meds or none. Oh, this is a doctor who can diagnose, but it's not the whole picture. So exactly. part of my assessment is meeting each soul where they're at. So psychiatrist in Greek actually means doctor of the soul. And I take that seriously. In the time I was training, it was all about pharmaceuticals. How many check marks on some little recipe list can you check? And I want to tell you, your psychiatrist, when you were 23, was ahead of their time in prescribing you meditation. You were very blessed to see. My mother found the best people always. That was her gift that kept me alive is she always found like the best people, you know? Um, That's sweet. So wait, one more thing I want to say though. So when you were having that age two and five panic, what I want to um, interject that I've done some shows on is empath overload. I'm going to have Susan weigh in in and her master level understanding of the universe and mediumship. But as an adult and child psychiatrist, that's an intuitive and empath myself, I have a lot of clear knowing, clear feeling. And so when I'm doing my logic assessment, I'm also tuning into someone's energy field. And then I I assess where they're at in their own awareness of the universe on how much I discuss empathy, energy, and bring it in and give people tons of tools so they're fully loaded with meditation, nutrition. So it's their unique neuro style. So now I'm going to shush myself and let you respond. Oh, you're such an angel, Denise. I just love hearing you. Honestly, you're just magnificent. So what is it you want to ask me? What is it? I just want to like, I want to, we're in this moment of now. You were very fortunate to have a loving mother and father. Your gifts, it sounds like your gifts, would you agree that were your, your gifts really weren't shut down? When I read your story that you've been connecting with humans and 
animals since a very young age. Was there ever a time where someone said, don't do that, or got fear-based, or was your, were your intuitive unseen energy empath gifts always like championed? I think I had parents that tried to be loving, <laughs> and I was the youngest, so I got the most, I would say, you know, from them, mm-hmm. but they weren't recognizing my abilities. They would always, my mother would call me a hypersensitive and she'd say she was watching me. In other words, she was worried I was schizophrenic, um, which made me more anxious. I mean, she just didn't understand, you know, she would say, you can do this and you can do that. And you, you should try this. Like she was just like a stage mom, I would say like that. My dad, on the other hand, would cry when my dogs would get put to sleep and he would bring me to the animals as a little girl when I was upset or anxious. You know, it was a volatile Italian home in Brooklyn. They were always fighting. They were always at each other's throats. And it was like my brother, Tommy, that was 11 years older than me, that was deeply sensitive like me. So he was always taking me to theater. Even at two years old, he was always like loving me. So if I'm intact, emotionally on any level i owe it to him i owe him my life really so it was Thanks, really him Tommy. that was my hero and my superstar and um i would just say that when i was very young my grandfather would keep me very into the mysticism i think he saw a troubled home upstairs because we lived above from my grandparents and he would just tell me the stories of the saints and i was always in the ah oh my and ah we had a little tech issue. We were talking about your grandfather upstairs and energetically our tech went a little crazy with excitement. So to keep going on the story about your grandfather. So he lived downstairs and he downstairs. He kind of was home when I was home and they, they were off working and he would just tell me the stories of the saints. He was Catholic, very, very Catholic Italian. He would talk in his Italian accent and he'd go, oh, Susie the father Padre Pio and he would tell me all the stories and saints and I'd sit there and just it just saved me I mean it just saved my life as a little kid to have this grandfather you know that I would hang out with that would tell me these amazing stories and then of course my my grandfather with all his amazing stories uh, my brother with all his amazing stories it was like it's kind of like it nourished me and kind of padded me. So I was always into the mystical. I was always into wanting to know more. I studied mysticism really young, one-on-one with this highly gifted woman in Manhattan. And I would go to her house every week and we'd study, you know, the Masons, the tarot, the just interesting, how to move objects, how to move energy. Um, And then later I, I kind of got downloaded by working with horses in California because I moved to California because I always loved it here. I had come here with my dad when I was 15 and I said, I got to be around those animals, you know, and it took me till I was in my early thirties to just finally move out here. And, um, it was like so meant to be because I, I just became involved with horses and their healers. And I started to get energy downloaded to me, like not even looking for this. It was it was still around a time that I was having um, a lot of panic disorder. It finally got removed through meditation, believe it or not. But I would go to this ranch and I'd be the only one there and this horse would be talking to me and the tears would be rolling down my eyes about his story. And I was thinking, oh my God, they're never gonna let me back. 
they have cameras everywhere. These, you know, these are major dressage horses. They're going to see this crazy woman like crying and talking to a horse. Like I was having full blown conversations with him and he really taught me everything. He taught me healing. He taught me, I would say 80% of what I'm doing now. What, wait, 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 me, well, what was the horse's name? Cause I was, was in the- shock. I thought, man, not this is what was really your horse's name? And I needed um, a hip replacement because I was an athlete and it was a I was really young to have a hip replacement. I couldn't ride anymore. And I I said to him, I'd go up every week, Denise, for over a year, and I'd work on him for wow. like two hours, massage, talk to him, heal him, brush him, and then give him like five pounds of carrots. So it took forever for him to eat all those carrots. And this one week I went up and he's a monster horse. You know, he's like, they call him big red cause he's like a dinosaur. He's deceased now. But I looked at him and I said, you know, I'm not going to be coming back here for at least six weeks to two months. If you don't, if you don't let me give you a kiss and let me squeeze you and give me your face. Cause he would never put his head down until like the last 10 minutes. And I give him a smooch and I'd scratch his face, and then I'd leave the ranch. And um, within a second of me saying that, it was like, it was visceral. I, I said it, and his head was down, his eyes were closed, and his ears came forward, and his head was like almost in my hands, like by my chest. And I went, wow. holy shit, did, is this really happening? Is this really happening? So fast forward, I go and get this surgery, and I'm home. And, um, oh, okay. Okay. So Susan. Hi. Okay. So we had it happen again where we had tech drop. However, how often does that happen? (laughs) Um, probably once every fifth show, depending on someone's energy. (laughs) So I just like, look at it as fun. So everyone, um, I'm just going to do a little, like almost like our own little short commercial on electronics. Um, my perception, I know we're in the linear earth realm, but everything's also energy. And sometimes our internet goes down, our phone does things. And I've noticed when I'm talking about super energetic and we're, you know, there's maybe other beings, if you believe in this, whether it's the horses, her relatives, my spirit guides, sometimes things drop and sometimes it just is what it is. It's the internet. So Susan was at this exceptional place describing her horse that she learned like 80%. There was like this unseen energy of telepathy communication. She's about to talk about surgery, but I love Susan, if it's okay with you, number one, to say your horse's name. And number two, can you go through the sensory perception and the way the energy was given to you or exchanged between you and your horse? Yeah, I'd love that. First of all, he was a hundred and fifty thousand dollar dressage horse in like nineteen ninety-five. So this was not my horse. The owner of the ranch, the lead um trainer there knew me. I used to have a horse that I would lease from her many years before. And she knew like I knew how to take care of horses, so she allowed me to come up there and we'd say it was love on Leo because I couldn't ride anyway. And I was getting a horse fix because I was full-time real estate in LA and I was a nervous wreck just, um, just, just because real estate makes you nervous in LA. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's intense. So you had this really high powered 
logic, business, sales. Yes. And you also, was this also the time you were doing modeling as well? Yes, I was doing, mo- well, I was acting. I came here because I came for pilot season in 1995. And then I got a really great manager, but I, I never really loved that field because you'd have to run all over town and audition by car. And as a highly intuitive and sensitive person, I never really understood why I was so nervous all the time. And I was running all over LA and, you know, I ended up moving here because of that. And then I became a Ford model out here and I did a bunch of commercials, but I never loved it. And then I, I was in the art world representing museum level painters that I loved helping other people. And I was really good at it. And that's kind of how I cemented myself here, um, like with a decent salary and, you know, being able to feel like I was a part of the LA scene. And then um, it was just by accident, I ended up in real estate uh, and I'm, I'm still licensed. I still do my own and really, really close friends that need me because I have the sixth sense about real estate, which is probably why it was so stressful for me because I would walk into a house and I would feel all this crazy energy or the dog would act really weird around me. And the owner of the house would say, my cat, my dog's never done that before. What do you, what, what is it about you? Like the dog wouldn't leave my side or the cat would try to jump on my neck. So I've always had these incredible, interesting, high level experiences with animals. That so can we, can, can we deep dive on the telepathic the horse and then can we look at since this is such an also academic of your gifts of soul speak talk yes. about the horse and then talk about communication with animal maybe how that presents to you and your perception um can i scroll back to whatever you want to do i just want to make yeah. sure we, before, we honor before the, before the real major horse experience i had i had rented a room in a house after a really awful breakup <laughs> And I I couldn't get back into my own house because it was being rented. So I had rented a room in a house and the backyard would be like my sanctuary. So I'd go in the back and just have fun and sit in the back. And a friend of mine also rented a room in that house. I'm going back years and years, you know. And she said to me, there's a butterfly. It's a monarch. Why don't you ask it to sit on your hand? And for the love of God, I just looked at the monarch, picked up my hand and said, would you consider coming over here and sitting on my hand? Now this was before cameras and cell phones. Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, there might've been cell phones in 95, but there were no cameras. Okay. And I had my hands up in the air and this monarch came over and flew on my hands. And I've heard people have experienced this before, but this was like, Oh my God, to me, because I was in heavy duty real estate at this time. The monarch came over and sat on my hands and, this butterfly allowed me to look in its eyes. Um, I was so close to it. I could kiss its wings. You know, that's how close. And he was on my hand for, I think an hour and we were having a conversation. I don't remember the conversation in detail, but I can tell you this, which is super important thought thought goes at the light of, of sound, I think, or speed or, it's so lightning. It's so telepathic that the minute I thought, Oh, my arm is getting tired. That butterfly flew away. So I'll fast forward now to Leo. 
so I'm, I'm at the ranch and um, didn't know I was really communicating because it's a natural state for me. Nobody ever taught me this. Nobody taught me mediumship. I just would study mysticism, um, you know, the ancients. I wasn't meditating yet when this happened to me, but I was in an altered state because I was around an animal. I was already in a high level being state. And I think the thing that was so exquisite about this particular ranch was it was incredibly busy early in the morning before all these high powered executives had to be at the office. So they'd have lessons at six, seven, eight, and I would roll into the ranch like one in the afternoon. And when I communicated with him, it was just like the highest vibration is love. So when you love something so much, like I love on my clients before I meet with them, I love on my animals before I open a photo, before I do a reading, it's the highest form of energy. And that's what connects us to spirit. See, everybody thinks it's something else. Unless you're connected with love, you're not really going to contact the highest and the best, and you're not going to get clear communication, in my opinion. Now, you could be you could be working with something darker out there and get names, places, dates, but it might not be the highest form of light. I don't know. You know, I just know that for me is it, I connect best when it's full of love. That's I, my dream. I agree. This is very important. So in anything we're doing, whether you're about to go to an interview, whether you're about to go to school, whether you're about to meet a friend, when you're about to, when you have the the access of the ability to be in this moment of now with inner peace and coming from a place of self-love and love of others, you that's where all the magic happens. So now I'm going to keep letting you go. Okay, so... I loved that horse so much that, you know, he wasn't even mine, but one time I decided, let me get a pad and paper. And this was before I even had animal communication training. Okay. It's just like, I think I was born like this. You were, you're, you're yeah. in flow. This is, yeah, your, this is your perception. Yeah. So, and, and it's funny because I had talked to this very famous um, channel that was on Charlene McLean's movie. Um, and he taught me, I mean, I'm talking 20 years ago. He said that I worked with Spaniards to break horses nicer and kinder because the, the Spaniards, when they took over, they were breaking horses inhumanely. I mean, they were going back centuries and centuries. And he said I was an Indian and it really, it really resonated with me. Um, so this is what happened. I went and grabbed a book, like a notebook and a pen and I started to write down everything he was saying and feeling. And the woman, by the way, she's still my client. <laughs> the woman that leased him for shows. Yeah. She was in the parking lot. I, I, I was ready to leave and I took the book and she shows up. And I said, hey, Charlotte, I, 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 I wrote down everything he was saying. And she goes, you're kidding. And I said, no. And um. I leaned up against my car and, and Charlotte is 80 years old and she's still riding horses. She just bought one of the um, Cavalier retired horses, the show Cavalier. Yeah. She's amazing. Oh, Charlotte. We love you. Yeah. I'm going to have to tell her to listen to the podcast. So we're in the parking lot and um, I said, you want to hear this? And she said, yes, yes. 
And so I read my two or three pages of notes and it was, it was so on point for her, you know, that I said, you know, he really wants to retire and he misses hit the female in, in um, Germany. And he goes on and on with details. And she, she goes, goes back to her car and she shoves $150 cash in my, in my hands. And I didn't even, she was just like a, a ranch friend. And she said, that was amazing. And I realized, Oh, I can, this could be a business. Maybe. I don't know. I, I, I was in shock. I said, are you sure? She said, yeah. And I, I ripped out the three pages of notes and I handed it to her. Hmm. Now, fast forward, I go and have my hip replacement and I'm home and I'm anti bone surgery. Cause my first one at nine, which was so traumatic and it was such a rare surgery. They didn't give me painkillers because they thought I had a heart murmur. So they're, they're putting pins in my knee and they didn't give me anything for pain. And it was so horrible that I, I was so anti bone surgery. And then, you know, this hip replacement was like nothing with the drugs. You know, it's like nothing. You go in, you're out. Anyway, I'm sitting on my couch and I thought, I'm still in real estate and I'm stressed out and I wasn't healing. And I was in a, a deal in Bel Air and it was like a $3 million deal. And I, I couldn't work. And I, my assistant decided to quit. And my brother in, in his wonderful way that he's always saved me, he said, you know, my family calls me Susie. So he said, Susie, you better do something like mindless, you know, like don't even don't, I don't even want to, tell you, you, you can't worry about these real estate deals because you're not going to heal because I was starting to get pain and I wasn't healing. So this mindless, silly class, and I had this little French bulldog that I waited 20 years to get. I was like in love with this breed. I always um, researched this breed like hours at night when women are looking at Louboutins online, I'm looking at Frenchies. So yeah, so (laughs) my husband would go, what are you looking at? I'm like, Frenchies, Frenchies. I was obsessed and it it took me years and the dog found me. Trust me. I wasn't going to buy a dog for $4,000. That wasn't happening. Um, anyway, fast forward, I'm sitting on my couch and on my iPad, it was like animal intuition level one on zoom or not zoom. I don't even think zoom was around back then. It was like, you know, online. And I took this class and she went around the room and it was 10 of us. And I, I teach very similar to this when I teach a class. And she said, you know, just meditate, let your weirdo flow and open your eyes and look at the picture and write down what you get. And what was really odd is I, I'm not, a, I don't think I'm a good writer. My husband thinks I am, but I was writing like a Disney novel about this horse, but the horse that she sent us, which was her horse. And I remember I said, I would, um, I said about the horse, he said, I really love the ravens on my bucket. And he said, I, I had a nose injury and he switched it mid sentence to say he had a nostril injury and he almost died and it really scared him and there was blood everywhere. And she validated that she was on an animal excursion somewhere um with with clients like i think she was swimming with the dolphins in bimini and she had to board her horse somewhere and there was a wire in the water bucket and when he went to drink the wire got stuck in his nose 
when he pulled back, he ripped one of his nostrils and he almost bled to death. They had to transfuse him. And that was, I, um, I couldn't believe it. I literally could not believe that I was doing this. And do you know what cemented it for me? Everybody in the class was calling me for an animal reading. And one of them was a veterinarian that to this day is my client as well. And I thought, what the heck is going on? I, I'm, I'm very hard on myself. Anybody that knows me, I'm like a Virgo, but I'm really a Pisces. <laughs> and trust me, I did probably a 400 animal readings and never, I did it exactly the way I had always done it. Just writing it down. I would meditate for 20 minutes, write my animal reading down for 30 minutes, ask the animal if it was finished. And then I would be on the phone with a client for an hour. And I was doing this under my maiden name because I didn't want my real estate people to know that I was talking to animals. I thought they'd really think I was losing my lunch. <laughs> and my husband would go, don't, I don't want you doing that. You, oh, that's People are going to think you're crazy. And it wasn't until I said, can I talk to your dog and spirit? And he goes, yeah, that would be fun. You know, he's still thinking it was kitschy and cute and, and I, I, a typical guy, right? And I talked to his dog and spirit and I said, she wants to know why you took the, the cheese off the burgers when you took her to get a burger. And he looks at me like on point as if he's having a conversation with his dog and he goes, tell her it's because they were too salty and they, they would forget to, they would forget to take the cheese off. And then he looked at me. Yeah. And then he looked at me and he was like, oh, okay. And, you know, now it's, he does some of my, he has to do some of my trailers sometimes. And he stays on and he goes, I get no work done when you're doing your work. Cause he goes, it's unbelievable. How are you doing this? <laughs> and so that's kind of like how it started. Now I got to tell you, I don't even know if I answered the question. If I didn't just tell me. <laughs> well, so a couple things I'm listening to your story, your experience and your perception but I'm also, you know, when anyone is accessing their unseen energy, once we're in the moment of now, we quiet our mind with your meditation, what you were talking about is automatic writing. So, you know, when anyone is trying to ask yourself or answer and connect with your own higher self, you can write the question, put a bunch of questions in a notebook, then leave it alone it might drop into your awareness when you're in your own sacred space. That could be swimming, riding this, you have your own process. So thank you for describing your process. But I think one of the big things I wanted to do with this series is also myth bust um, perception and not myth bust ascend paradigm progression. So no, keep going. Can you do me? Can we in this moment of now ask your guides what they would like to comment with the idea of embracing your neuro style and where they would like to go or where you would like to go next. What I, what I found was spirit is really good and genuine and I can trust spirit. And when I meditated and I went and I live in the light and I work with the light and I fill my body with light and I surround myself with light, I know I'm with the highest and best. And when I was doing an animal reading once for um, a celebrity's girlfriend, she was calling me a lot and she's lovely and wonderful. 
And um, all of a sudden I was talking to her cat and across the room, you know, you're talking to a girl that always had really bad anxiety. So I was afraid dead people would walk through my house if I was a real medium, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So I look across the room and I look at a picture of me and my dad. I'm just like talking to her cat, but I'm I'm dazing. You know what I mean? Like I'm just in the channeling state. And the picture of my dad started to morph into somebody else. And it's in my mind's eye too. And I started to describe the man and she said, that sounds like my dad. And I started to tell her uh, things about her father, you know, that he didn't get to say goodbye. And, you know, I don't really remember the reading, but it was, it was actually real. And she said to me, that is, is all true. I didn't get to say goodbye. He died at a 5 a.m. spin class in Manhattan. And it was, it was just amazing. And I thought, wow, if you guys are going to be that subtle and gentle with me, I want to, I want the full tilt. I want the full Monty here. I'm in. Use me. What age were you, what age were you when this integration of realizing your giftedness with this animal course and then starting to kind of organically build clients. You have the animal spirit connection. Then I the was human. in my 80s when I was connecting with the animals. And it wasn't until my early 40s that I was really doing this, like full on. Okay. And it's 20 years ago. I just turned 61 in March. Happy birthday. Thank you. How long have you been with your husband? 18 years. Okay. Now, would you consider him very open-minded or more of a muggle? Yeah, he's, he's even gotten more sensitive. He's a triple Scorpio. So he's, and I'm a Pisces with a cancer moon. So we're both water signs. We were both born in 1962. We're both water tigers. Um, and he's highly, he's highly sensitive to spirit. I mean, he could see a dead guy sitting in my living room. It doesn't appear like that to me. They don't, they're very, very subtle with me. Like I could take on the mannerisms, the sounds, the voice, and the um, exact nature and tone of how somebody would sound in spirit. Um, and I could see them in my mind's eye, and I could see what they're doing. And I could, and they, but I don't like see dead people walking through my house. Thank God. Um, with him, he's different than me. Like he could probably do what I do, but. He's IT, so he's not going to be doing what I do. <laughs> and um, he really, you know, I'm just going to roll back like 15 years ago when I was 16 years ago when I was doing like the animal readings by hand and we were living in another place before any animal reading. It was so sacred to me. I'd run in the back to his office and was, the insecurity was so real. You know, I would run back into his office and, you know, I wasn't even making a lot of money, but it was so important for me to deliver a real good validating message from a pet because they don't have a voice. And I love animals so much. And I would run in the back and I'd say, I have an animal reading. You're going to come back in an hour and tell me how amazing it was. And every time it was like that, it was off the charts for me. Amazing. It was an amazing experience for me and an amazing experience for the people that I would read for. And people that come for readings, not all of them are as open and 
amazing to read for. You know, sometimes you read for people, you're walking through deep mud and concrete and you're like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Like that's my psyche telling me, I don't think I could do this. I don't think I want to do this anymore. And those are the people that will email me a month later and say, you know, you said this and I told you no, but this is what happened. Blah, 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 blah. And it was like, I was just with a client in Vegas that had a very, very, I had a very similar experience with her. She's really difficult to read for. She was in the middle of grief. Her dog was hit by a car and she was like, yes and no. That was kind of it. She was not involved in the reading, no energy. And I remember she said, well, how will I know he's coming back to me? What will I look for? And I said, just, I don't, I've never used this term. There will be an electrical occurrence. You know, usually I'll say flicking lights. Um, and I, and then I, she said that I said it, the dog will be much lighter. And, um, it, and I think I said one other piece of evidence. Well, she literally took a video when she went to look at this set of puppies, she wanted the puppy to come through the original parents. The dog was only five months old when it was hit by a car, but she had, it was a soul pet. So her, the bonds was so unique. And um, she went to the breeder in Utah. The woman had a huge farm with generators for electric. And she was taking the video and she said to the puppy, the one that she was looking at, Rio, how will I know it's you? And on video, the power was completely knocked out, complete black in the house. And she took that puppy home and she said, Susan, this dog literally knew the same commands. It took me like one day or one hour or easy. This dog knew the same commands as my old dog that I taught him. So it's, it's that, yeah, it's the validations from spirit that save me and heal me. And every time I do a reading, Denise, it's one more level and it's one more layer of my own soul being healed. I love it. I'm the power of just our words, thoughts, vibrational frequency. So when you're in the space of awareness, moments of now, I look at it, it's like layers of love and light. And it sounds like you're, when you're connecting with an animal, with a human being, you have almost like an awe, not almost, an awe-inspiring reverence. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you. That's, I'm just going to write that down. It's awe-inspiring. I, I have to, yeah, I kind of have such a reverence for animals that I can't even. No, no, no. I'm getting it. I'm feeling it. My, I, we're here recording everyone. Hi, Susan and I are having our chat, but listen, we're listening. We're here. We're all. Um, and I'm feeling when you're telling the story, I'm listening carefully, but I'm also perceiving how reverent that sometimes the linear language for all of us can't even put into words how much we value something. And the more yeah. you hold that reverence, it's, it's its own infinity loop of love. So there's the gift of connecting with the animal, the gift with connecting to the client. There's the, then the infinity loop of gratitude back to you, back to them. And then that is the ascension. I mean, it's like you're leveling up in a consciousness of awareness, gratitude, love, and humility. I, I want to just say the word humility. Now I'm going to let you respond to that. 
Yeah, there there's a lot of humility. I'm always blown away. Like I, I could sit around a table and people will say, you said this and you said that, which happens to me a lot when I'm socially invited to events at my clients or something. Like I just got back from Vegas when my client launched her movie and we sat around with a lot of the people that I have read for and they come up to me and they say things and I don't remember what I said. And I almost like, I have to, it's like, I feel I'm sitting in disbelief at what I said. I'm like, no. And there's a part of me. It's like, I keep thinking I couldn't have said that. I couldn't have said it. And that's the humility part. I think that's what keeps me grounded. There's a lot of old mediums that think they're the second coming of Christ. I'm never going to be like that. I wasn't born like that. That's not my nature. <laughs> and it's just not the way I roll. If anybody that knows me, I still have that. I'm down to earth. I'm authentic. Well, but- my understanding of the universe at this point in time is we're here on earth. I can pinch myself and there's the human part but then there's the unseen energy of love and light and that the non-ego part of us comes from a place of non-judgment and remembering that we're all really energy beings that are connected. And I think there's nothing wrong with having healthy sense of self-esteem and yes, I have these accomplishments or I'm a scientist or doctor or I'm on it with my mediumship reads or I've helped solve a forensic case But the more we practice humility and an awareness of self-love and service, it becomes an infinity loop of humility humility and gratitude and remembering that we're all connected. And now whether someone believes, whatever your belief system is, whether you believe this is your only life, whether you believe in God, Source, Jesus, Buddha, all all the different ascended masters, when you come from a place of open-mindedness that love is the highest vibration that's where to me all the magic comes and your own perception, your own neuro style can continue to grow. So I feel like that's where you're coming from. I'm very grounded. Like the more humble and the more you just enjoy the process, it's, it's just that much more joyful. Oh, I love that. I love that. And that's really the truth, the truth of how I read it's joy. You know, I don't do it if I don't want to do it. I don't do it because I have to do it. I do it because I want to do it. And I do it. I get really excited before every reading. What an honor and a gift. So because you and I are conversing in the ways we know how to converse on the soul level, you and I, I'd like to just at this point, I've got some ideas. Can you break it down in how you would explain it to someone that's never even seen someone that has these gifts how you work with yes. animals, how you work with humans, and what well, you have what to I, what I like is when somebody feels like they want to book a reading with me or anyone. You know, I always say get a referral. You know, get a referral and ask the person, what did they say that was life-changing? What did they say? I feel like it's a movement of energy. Um, like I just went to Paris with somebody that I had one reading with, and her grandfather came in, and I said – why is your grandfather coming in with a parrot on his shoulder? And she burst out into tears and she said, when I was young, I had cancer really bad. And I was laying in my bed in Florida and I was praying to my grandfather, am I going to be okay? I need a sign. I need a sign. And this huge 
African parrot flew on my balcony banister and just stared at me. And she said, I knew I was going to be okay. And, you know, fast forward 15 years later, her grandfather comes in with the parrot. So it's kind of like very spiritual energy moving at, at moments, but it also depends on the person that's coming for the reading. And I always say to tell, you know, I always tell people, pray to the people you want to come in. Let them know the time and the date of the reading. Ask them to come in for you, the people that you really want to talk to. Because it just the vibration is so high when they come in and come in with an open mind and an open spirit. And I do a little under two minute opening prayer and meditation in the beginning. And then we just, I just start. And mostly what I have found is spirit answers what you need, because I'll always say, we got five minutes left. Do you have any questions? And what, what warms my heart so much is people say, no, you kind of answered everything I wanted to know. So that's why I kind of love this work, because if I can help somebody as you, Denise, or just help move energy or help people feel like there's something bigger and better than what they're going through now that's watching over us and they're going to get through it, that's my, my sole mission. That's why I think I was born, to help. Absolutely. And when I look at the Embrace Your Neurostyle and Beyond Oops. discussing this. I think we went down again. Okay. So I wanted to just weigh in on the Embrace Your Neurostyle and Beyond and the perception from a, you know, my MD hat, my own desire when I'm connecting with people's feeling states, anxiety, depression, and weighing in what part is some biological stuff what tools in the toolbox do they need meds? Do they not need meds? Are they having high level empathy? Are they tuning into what I call the pulse of consciousness? Can you discuss from the perception part of intuition? Can you hear me? Wow. So in discussing perception, mm-hmm. can you discuss the unseen energy of the clear knowing, clear feeling, kind of give us the nice recipe. So when people are looking at their own ways, they're perceiving, number one, list what those are. And number two, what what, maybe a couple things people can do to expand on that. And then I'll piggyback off of you. Well, you said it about the confidence. You know, it takes a bit of courage to believe what you're getting, you know, And it's so funny because I read for people that are so highly intuitive and they tell me the symbols and the signs that they've gotten. And just like my mother coming to me clairaudiently from beyond the grave and telling me to get to the emergency room, I didn't stop. I was still going, 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 going and not meditating and not doing my mediumship because I wasn't, I just was like, Oh yeah. mm -hmm, Yeah. Right. Even, and even though she saved my life. So I can tell you this, that it takes uh, a bit of confidence to just jump out and, you know, do a Zoom and do lives. And, and it's a trust, you know, to trust yourself and to trust spirit. And I think if people would just be confident and meditate and trust their intuitive gifts and um, just try to do it for strangers, you know, if this is what you want to do. Or ask stupid questions. Like this is what I would say. 
you know, I'd pick up a pendulum and I'd say, just don't try to connect to spirit. Never use a pendulum for that. Just ask mundane questions. Is uh, Starbucks good for me today? Um, should I go to the gym at two o'clock? Have a relationship with something like that to start like the intuitive knowing if you're just beginning, you know, but it's meditation is really the key to all of this. It's yes. really, it's everything. As I, you know. I prescribe meditation. So when you're talking about this, I just want to, on a very geeky level, you know, the clear senses is what we're talking about. So you and I know what they are, but I'm just going to be a geek and say clairvoyance means clear seeing clear audience means clear hearing clear sentience means clear feeling clear clear uh what's the how do you do the one for smelling clair um, clairalience i'm i'm here and then no, also, it's a weird name it's, it's a fair clear gustance clear tasting yes, clear knowing there's yeah. the tasting and then the smelling one I don't, i'm just going to write them in the in the show notes but my point for this of mentioning this is that we have ways of perceiving there's the linear and the nonlinear, the newtonian view of the universe and the quantum understanding of the universe all of it is integrated and the more you have an open mind open heart you will figure out oh wow that is a sign oh wow it smells like this oh I have very strong, clear knowing, clear feeling, and now my dreams, I, I'm really in this very blessed ascension space, um, but everyone has different giftedness. So as a doctor, I don't want to misdiagnose situations, and I like to break it down. And I wrote early on in our interview, maybe this is a way we can um, finish off strong, because you started talking about having panic symptoms. And so yeah. as a doctor, when people are having feeling or sensory awareness states. Mm -hmm. I, as a doctor and an intuitive, you know, let's talk panic versus empathy versus intuition. And I just want to myth bust that all of it can be happening at once. Yes, exactly. So, so you want to have a really great doctor, spiritual leader, mentor, and be your own best friend to realize that all of your feelings are valid and you can have all of them and then you can map out your own best day on planet Earth, depending on your neuro style. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I sense that you're probably a gift with a lot of your clients. Thank you. And also, I've been um, now that the world's more awake and mm -hmm. aware. And, you know, back in 2015, when I decided to start any like reaching greater audiences, I've um, been sharing an office with Jennifer Schaefer, who's a practicing medium, but we did a couple things way ahead of their time. You know, I don't really know a psychiatrist that's sharing an office with a medium to the way we were, but we wouldn't put it all over the place. Just like when you were doing the real estate and having a different last name, but we're very fortunate to be in 2023 and I am not ditching my, my MD hat because I'm also kind of it's kind of an absolute pure joy that the more I go into love and swimming and being in the moment of now, the more I show up for myself, my son, my, my working with you right now. And then my patients, I can take that data and information and do shows and events and things that help tease it out and be like a very service oriented bridge. Because yes. out of 8 billion people on the planet, there's only a, 
very small, even in the United States, I think 8,800 child psychiatrists in the United States. So I'm really blessed with humility to have an adult and child psychiatry MD training, but then this open-mindedness to all there is beyond And, you know, I wouldn't have done this blunt of an interview with you probably even five years ago, but I, I wanted to develop, I've got trademarks now, embrace your neurostyle and beyond, because I believe that when we're serving the unseen energy and we've got here, the earth understanding of linear, we've got to be very good at the scientific method. And you've took that when you were developing and honoring your own gifts you did a lot of readings. You did a lot with animals. You did it with humans. And you looked for validation later. You didn't get cocky with it. You said, I want the data and I want evidence. So I think you really champion the scientific method. Yeah, I've, I'm stronger than I've ever been in my life. Um, and I, I feel like I owe that to spirit and the gifts that I became aware of very late in life. I mean, but then I realized like all the careers that I had have helped me help people. Cause that's the key. Like the more knowledge that you have spirit will use you to help people when they're moving to help people when they're starting a business to help people in their relationships. I'm like a relationship guru for people that are having issues in relationships. I'm not saying that that's the end all be all, but it comes through. It comes through from spirit. Spirit helps me help people. And, you know, I think being such a nervous kid and nervous young adult, and like I was a nervous wreck until I really got the meditation because I think it's energy is bombarding me and being so sensitive and being empathic. Um, You know, I could feel when my husband was in, like when he comes in, Sometimes from work, I'm like, where were you just now? Because I could feel like so much in my body. Like I know I've done readings and I, I, spirit will grab my chest and let me know that it was a heart attack or COVID or something like that. Or they, they use my body. So it's hard on your body, Denise. It's not, well, you know, we're using our way. way. Just so you know, at some point, I have a feeling I'll end up producing a show while I'm in the swimming pool. I have 13 bathing suits lined up because of my gifts that I use as a Western. I don't say in my website, hi, you're not only getting an MD, but I'm also psychic. Yeah. I don't say that because everyone would think I'm cuckoo for cuckoo puffs. But I have candles lit, chakra journals. My environment's very peaceful. And I've learned that the more I pace myself, the more I take care of my human vessel, I have to go in the pool and I do what's called laps of love where I clear the energy and I will devote different laps to things. Like let's say you wanted to have me do a prayer for you or a family member. I'll donate a lap in the water and I have a whole process where I look at the trees, I look at light and it's exhausting. The higher your uh, ability to connect with different energy frequencies in the human body, it gets very fatiguing. So you have to have even more tools in your toolbox of self-love and self-care. Wow. Yeah. Um, I have an idea. Did you want to say anything? I was going to say, could you, do you feel like, is there anything you want to say before we wrap up? I was going to see if you wanted to wrap up with one of your meditations and then telling people where they could find you. Yes. I only do one meditation. It was taught to me by somebody who's crossed over and it saved my life. And it's, 
it's just looking at your third eye. I get, I get up in the morning and this is, it's very, very specific. It's you drink a glass of uh, warm water with a half a squeezed lemon. And then I light a candle. I sell my candles on my website and I send a meditation with every candle purchase. There's, there's not a lot of money in candles, but I thought I have to be transparent and authentic and teach people to do what I have done. Mm-hmm. And I light my candle. I use the same candle. I sell the same candle I've used for 20 years. And I, I use this candle for my meditation only and when I end when I do reading. So I light my candle, I drink my water, and I sit comfortably in a chair. It's no funky like sitting like a yogi because my body wouldn't go that way anyway. And I just sit and I just fold my hands on my lap, right ankle over left, and I look at my third eye and I just simply say, I am love and I am light. I am joy. I am hope. I am happy, I am healthy, I am wealthy, I am peace-filled, and I am joy. And then I repeat that mantra with I feel. So when you're saying the I ams, you're invoking the God consciousness, and you are God. You are made in his image. So you are invoking the higher, higher self of who you are. And then I just go with I am love and I am light when I do my full I am and I feel, I just say I'm love and I'm light. I'm love and I'm light. And then I sit for 20 minutes and, you know, I, I pop into the other world and that, that altered state easier and faster, but it took me a long time to pop in. You know, it doesn't, you know, unless you're already peace filled and, you know, doing what you're supposed to be doing and what you're, you're loving in your life. It's hard, a little bit harder because you've got the everyday noise. So that's why I, I you know, teach my mentees um, to, you know, to do this um, the way that I do it, and 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 know that it's a, called a practice for a reason. Because you're never going to like become enlightened unless you just sit and sit and sit. It's we're practicing at this, and when your mind becomes distracted. That's totally fine because your mind is in your head to think. It's there to think. That's why you graduated medical school, Denise, because you needed your mind to think. And that's okay, but your mind will get in the way of meditation. So that's why we need a mantra, like I am love and I am light, to have your brain grab onto that. And I'm doing a special right now with 25% off my mentorship. And it's kind of like mm, mm, the love language that I love so much. Um, and my website is, uh, susanallenmedium.com. And if you're interested in anything that's not offered on the website, like mentorship, I do for relationships and I do for my mediumship, um, and business, business mentorship. And there are some videos on there for, from people that I have mentored in the past. Not all my mentees have done videos, but I just put a sprinkle on there. And my assistance email is just assistant at susanellenmedium.com. Yay. Yay. Okay. I have absolute gratitude. Thank you, everyone, for listening. You know how to find Susan. I'll have her bio and links to her social media. And Susan, thank you again so much for today. It's my absolute pleasure. We've been trying to do this for a while, and I I just so much love at you, girl. You're amazing. 
Thank you. And likewise, Infinity Loop. Thanks, everyone. Have a great week. Happy Mental Health Awareness Month. Bye.